0: Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, Joe Perez is with me. He's over there. I Say hi, Joe. Hello! And uh, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm the host of this thing we do. Um, try Just as a real-life thing, we mentioned it during the pre-show, if you're feeling anxious or tense, believe me, I, I am with you. I am also anxious and tense. Uh, let's just try and give ourselves a little something to think about other than the craziness of the world. Um, I think we're going to just go through some news really fast. I don't think we got a ton of stuff to say about it. Um, one th- one thing that happened, uh, I, I know we I think we mentioned this last week. I'm pretty sure we talked about Shadowlands getting its release date, uh, which is is November 23rd. I want to say 24th. So that's not right. 24th. Okay. Uh, also, though, uh, I don't think we talked about this. Wow, Classic has also announced its its next Rama's the Phase Six rollout is mm-hmm. December. F- I want to say first. Yeah, December first, and that's a pretty big deal because that is the end of content for WoW Classic, uh, unless we get an announcement of a Burning Crusade uh, Classic servers or something like that. And uh, between that and Shadowlands, uh, that's a lot of World of Warcraft content coming out. And obviously there were like delays and reasons why it's coming out now and not like a month or so ago, like it was originally going to. Um, but nevertheless, that's that's all announced. That's pretty amazing. That's a real lot of World of Warcraft happening. Uh, I'm going to mention there was an earnings call. Uh, Activision Blizzard had their their qu- quarterly their Q3 earnings call, and I don't know if it's a surprise to people or not. Um, but World of Warcraft did extremely well. Yeah. Um, Sh- Shadowlands is sold better than any uh, previous expansion, apparently, just in terms of pre-orders and so forth. Which, mm-hmm. again, I don't know that that's a surprise, but it, it happened, and so it should be. Apparently, the, their their active users number, which is the thing they, they use now, they don't use subs anymore. Uh, they use active users. Their monthly active user thing has stayed rock steady for the past year or so because quarter three was almost exactly the same as quarter two. Um, I think some of that's got to do with the, the lockdown. Quite frankly, uh, I, f- I feel like they would have actually had a pretty big drop because let's be let's be honest, uh, the amount of time it's taken for Shylands to come out. This has been a pretty long expansion at this point, and that's why I'm not complaining about it. I'm just making you know it's just an obvious fact. Uh, so I think that they the the, the the quarantine and the, the people being in definitely helped, but I definitely also think the hype over Shadowlands has gotten people interested.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I've seen a lot of people just come back to the game recently because with this expansion, which we expect a certain level of it, but I think Shadowlands has gotten people really excited. For I think in a way that Battle for Azeroth just didn't. I think this more. I think it more resonates with a larger audience, and we're starting to see that in these numbers where people are coming back.
0: I don't. I think to a certain degree, people didn't really know what Battle for Azeroth was actually going
1: to be. Yeah, well, I mean, and to be fair, I think that's accurate. I don't think anybody really, like, I mean, we predicted some things, but for the most part, like, it seemed like it, they weren't being forthcoming with what it actually was going to be about. Where Shadowlands is, this is what it's going to be about, that's it. Right. It's not this nebulous thing where it's like, oh, it's all about war. It's no, here's what's going on. And I think that resonates with people, especially nowadays when we're grow- people are growing up, they're getting older, they have other responsibilities that maybe they can't just sit and play a nebulous game they have to make decisions what they spend their time on now. So having a more direct story or having a more direct representation of what your content is, I think matters more. It lets people make more informed decisions. And I think they're more likely to go with it at that point.
0: I also think that if you look back at the expansions that are the more successful ones over the past few years, uh, going back to Mr. Pandaria, uh, knowing kind of what you're getting, it's actually pretty helpful for people Mm -hmm. to make decisions as to, as far as am I, you know, is this what I want to do? Um, not just, you know, hey, I, I don't, I have a lot of other things going on in my life, but I think a lot of people, if if they made Battle for Azeroth more about the old gods, and more about like, you know, struggle to save Azeroth from what was happening to it, and less about faction conflict, more people would have been interested. I think so. I don't think people really cared about faction conflict. I don't think they liked it that much in Mr. Pandaria, but at least and- in Mr. Pandaria, it was, it was kind of the swerve of Mr. Pandaria. So you kind of you didn't feel too like it didn't it didn't feel like oh from the beginning oh we're just going to be fighting the other faction constantly no it was an
1: undercurrent right like it was it yeah. was the thing that was there but it wasn't the main focus it was like yes there's always going to be tension between them and everything but we're all fighting together against the shah infestation and like there were always something else to to take center stage
0: or at least we're explore, we're exploring Pandaria and the other faction is there and we have conflict but. Yeah, you know, at least Pandaria is this new place we haven't been before. Yeah, uh, and I think and Miss Pandaria turned out to be one of the best expansions. I, I, I to this day, I love Miss Pandaria.
1: Strongly agree um, with you. Strongly agree.
0: I think Warlords. People are like, huh? Like the premise of Warlords is very hard for a lot of people to to grasp. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, I'm not trying to say, oh, dummies don't get Miss Pandaria. I'm, I mean, Warlords of Draenor. But, you know, seriously, trying to explain to people, okay, it's not exactly time travel because it's an alternate universe, but where it's also back in the time of the of the original Horde. So the original Horde warlords are all alive. And it's like, what? Like, I remember when it was announced and people were like sitting going, I don't get it. Like, what is, what are we doing? Where are we going exactly? Draenor, didn't Draenor blow up? Well, this is another Draenor. It's like, I had to, I had to resort to sliders And Star Trek episodes to explain to people
1: what was going on, Uh, which is really funny because that's what when when we started talking about Warlords of Draenor back then, that's what I was like. It's like a Berman and Braga episode of Star Trek.
0: Yeah, or it's 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 like the it's like an episode of Sliders where this didn't happen or what have you, Mm -hmm. you know. And then you go to Legion, and again, the the premise of Legion is very straightforward. The Burning Legion is here, panic time, and that's it, you know all this other stuff ties into it. And then you get into battle for Azeroth and it felt like the premise was going to be faction conflict all the time. And especially the way it started. Um, I, to this day, I think it was a bit of a mistake to go with the, the narrative beat they went with to start battle for Azeroth. And I, this is not me. I hate when I see people say, "Oh, they're hacks or they're terrible writers. No, even the best writers can mess up things from time to time or not. Yeah. The, The, the impact is not necessarily the same for all players. Yeah, and, and, and I think that the way Battle for Azeroth started, it, if you're playing certain characters, like certain races, certain classes, the impact is a lot stronger than if you're playing others.
1: Yeah, and I and I think um, Drake and Red in chat made, like said something. I think that is definitely a factor here is that a lot of the player base doesn't seem to really jive with that aesthetic anymore with just the faction conflict as the primary focus outside of pvp where you know especially when you've had all this grand storytelling up to this point where yes there's been faction conflicts yes there's been horrible stuff that happens but it's never been i shouldn't say it, it's never been it hasn't been the main focus in a while and i think that makes a big difference and i think now with shadowlands moving back to like that mist pandaria even like that Warlords of Draenor or even like that Legion where there's a primary focus there's something else that's taking sort of that, uh, that primary spot I think that just resonates more with a broad again I think it's a broader audience thing and so you start yeah. seeing a lot of players come back to the game where it's like I knew a lot of people that quit for Battle for Azeroth, because they were just like, I don't care about PvP, I don't care about the faction conflict, I have no investment here. I'll go play Sekiro or something else if I want to, you know, make myself feel pain. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. We can we can talk about that for a, a whole hour on its own, but I, I just think it's yeah. a broader appeal.
0: Yeah, and, and instead of doing that, since we were talking about the earnings call, I'm also going to mention that the earnings call said that Diablo Immortal is going into public testing soon. And now keep in mind they had said they were going to go to public testing this summer, but I feel we know why they didn't. Yeah. I don't feel we need to belabor that. Nope. Um, but they are, they've are. they already done pretty extensive internal play tests, and they are going to be going into uh, Diablo Immortals soon. Uh, this is also mentioned in a Fireside chat that JL and Brack did this week because there was no BlizzCon. I don't know if you noticed, guys. There was no BlizzCon in like, late October, early November. Um, and because they didn't do BlizzCon this year due to COVID, uh he decided well i didn't get to do my big keynote speech so i'm just going to do a fireside chat where i get to talk to people mm-hmm. and one of the things they mentioned was this the stuff about shadowlands engagement one of the things they mentioned was wow classic uh they didn't get into any specifics as to when we're going to be getting like if they're going to do a burning crusade server or when they're going to do it or how they're going to but they did mention that diablo immortal is just done has done their internal play testing and they're looking to move forward in um public testing which i think is really interesting because i've said this before diablo immortal is an mmo Yeah, it is. It's straight up. It is an MMO. It's a mobile device game. Yes, absolutely. But it's an MMO. And so I'm really interested in seeing how that works on a a mobile platform, like how I'm not. I know there are games that already do this. I'm not ignorant of the mobile gaming ecosphere, although I am certainly not an expert in it either. I would say the closest I get to being an expert in is that I know it exists. And from time to time, I look at it. But I'm definitely curious to see how a Diablo game with a kind of massively multiplayer focus works, uh, especially when it's, it's on mobile devices, which means the interface by, by nature, the interface has to be something you can do with just touches,
1: which I think is really cool from a technology standpoint, because a lot of games have been very successful doing that. Like, uh, I'm going to bring it up and people will probably lambast me at some point for it, but Fortnite is a very good example of how a mobile game can be very good and very well integrated into a uh, multiplayer environment with an interface that translates well and whether you love or hate the game it doesn't matter they did a really good job on that interface if you were to to pick it up on a smartphone for the first time or or a larger tablet or a smaller tablet whatever and play it for the first time it's not going to take you long to adapt to it and looking at some of the other MMOs that are out there for mobile like there's some pretty clever things that they can do with it and I'm not just talking about like turn-based ones there are action rpgs uh that do stuff like that as uh Zelda canadian or Corey is pointing out in chat among us uh recent lo- of recent repopularity uh their mobile interface is fantastic as well it, and i'm i'm think with diablo i think diablo is an interface that can lend itself well to that just basically due to its simplicity like i remember yeah uh, not, not 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 to belittle the point, but like I remember when Diablo Three was going to console, and everybody was like, uh, "Oh, it's not going to work on controller. How can it work without a keyboard and mouse?" And then I would argue that Diablo Three played, I think, almost better with a controller.
0: Well, I, I would take the word "almost" out. Like straight up, guys, Diablo three on consoles is a better game than Diablo three uh, on computer. Yeah. Nintendo. So I mean, um, like,
1: it can be done. It's just, it's it's just have to accept for the fact that it might be something that you didn't expect to work the way that it did, and make room for it. So I'm yeah. I'm super excited for it. Honestly, like, I think it's going to be cool to watch how it happens, and if it becomes something that I can publicly test or or download and test, I'm going to try it. And I'm not a big yep. mobile gamer, I but I will try this.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see the lore format, because like, it's it's set between Diablo's 2 and 3. Um, and as we're going into Diablo 4 development, I'm very curious to see. One of the other things that uh, J. and Brack mentioned, though, that I feel should be mentioned, is he also mentioned that they have projects in development that we don't know the names of or have heard anything about. Mm-hmm. That they're they're working on them, and we will hear about them later. Um Later might be in February because I believe that's when the, the, the free on, the online BlizzCon is going the, to be. the free online BlizzCon for everybody. That's, that's that was what I was gonna say. That's if it basically will be kinda like the virtual ticket in that you will you you can watch all the stuff because it's it's a completely online con, but they're making it free. So you don't have to pay anything. There's no there's no sign up for the virtual ticket deal here. You just you can just go online and watch it. I think that's amazing.
1: I, I think it is the best birthday gift Blizzard has ever given me. Just, thank you, birthday guys. In
0: February? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I, my, for, for those of you that keep track home, all my birthday February 15th. So shortly after, I'll be uh, enjoying BlizzCon as I'm sitting at home and enjoying it with the rest of you guys, because I'm definitely going to be watching the, the, the virtual ticket.
0: Okay. Uh, but I feel at this point we've kind of talked about enough new stuff, so we'll move on to some emails uh, and other questions. These are actually... I'll be upfront, front, guys. We didn't get any emails this week, uh, so if you have emails for the show, it'd be great if you could send them in, because uh, when I go to the email thing and there's, like, two questions and they're both a lore watch, <laughs> it's kind of sad for me. It makes me sad. Yeah, when, uh, when we
1: can't wrestle, Rossi gets sad.
0: Yeah. Um, to be fair, I mean, you know, I, I, I have to take it easy on Joe, because it's true. He, he's a hobbit. Very much so. But, but yeah. Um, someday we're going to actually meet in real life. Uh, anyway... If you want to send an email to the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Or you can do what people did. We did get actually a fair amount of questions uh, on our Discord. And thank you guys for doing that. That, that was very helpful. Um, our Discord has two channels. One is the patron Q and podcast channel, which we look at first. And uh, the, the majority of questions in this week's email come from that. And uh, the other one is our Q questions channel, which I did get a question from. Uh, I did go and get another question from him. So if you guys have questions, that's how you can ask them to us. Joe's, you're going to read them to us because he usually does because, you know, I'm, my eyes don't work. Uh, so if you don't mind, Joe.
1: Not at all. Uh, this question comes from our good friend 6K. Uh, what are your thoughts on Blizzard shifting away from the RTS genre? Do you think this would still have been the case without a merger to Activision? Is RTS a dead gaming format? Have you ever played StarCraft? Would you like me to go okay. first? or You want to go first?
0: I can go. I can go. go um, ahead. First up, I don't know if it's specifically the merger with Activision, but I do think the merger with Activision had an effect here. And the reason I think that is because Mike Morheim retired. Yeah. And when Mike Morheim retired, StarCraft lost its its champion. Yeah. Like he was a big champion for StarCraft for StarCraft uh, um, esports, and he fought for it. And you know, when the president of the company wants something to happen, it happens. You know, whilst he was there, Starcraft was going to get some level of focus. It obviously got less focus after a while because they, they'd finished what they had set out to do. They'd put out the various, you know, expansion packs for it. The uh, Starcraft two came out feeling much more like, like instead of feeling like a, like a game that got expansions, it felt like they released it in episodes. Yes. And that's, that's how they did it. And I don't know that I agree with that decision. Heart of the swarm uh, I thought it was pretty good. Anything with the Protoss I think is good. But in general, I played it a little, a tiny bit, uh, because I am not a big RTS head. I'll just be upfront. Um, RTS as a genre is kind of stagnant right now. I don't know that that's... It feels like this is a case of RTS as a genre is stagnant not because there's not interest in it, but because nobody is doing it. And the last time somebody did it was Blizzard with StarCraft Two, and I think the story of StarCraft II wasn't quite what people were expecting. And the play is, I, I think co-op commanders was one of the best things they ever did. And people love co-op commanders. And it's 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 been very healthy for years. Think about well, Starcraft 2 came out in, like, what, 2014? Starcraft 2 or Starcraft? Starcraft 2. 2010. Okay, 2010. So Wait, Wings of ten- Liberty was 2010. This is a 10-year-old game. The fact that they're just now saying, okay, we're not going to be doing any more new stuff for a game that came out in 2010, that's pretty amazing. That's a lot of support. Um, I think if Mike Morheim had stayed, they probably would be doing more support for it. But he didn't. He went somewhere else. Uh, other people decided that Blizzard wasn't going to be doing it, and that's where we get Frost Giant. And I'm very curious to see what Frost Giant does. I do think that there's probably room for RTS to have a renaissance. Oh yeah. And, and if the guys who worked on StarCraft 2 and StarCraft and Warcraft 3, uh, both both uh, Reforged and the original. I've decided to go off and do an RTS on their own without I I, very rarely do I make a comment about corporate pressure because I don't know anything about the corporate pressure. I don't know what Activision is doing or not doing. I'm not there. So when people are like, oh, yeah, Activision pressured them. I don't know that that's the case. I have no idea.
1: So I have some really strong opinions about RTS in general, simply because like, I was a big RTS head when I was in a uh, freshman in college uh Brood Wars was like the hotness Warcraft 3. III... You know,
0: I got to say this, you've probably lost a match to my wife then. Maybe. She was an enormous Brood War player. She was it, very good. It, I'm going to en- say that.
1: It's entirely possible I lost a lot of games, but I but between that and Warcraft 3 because Warcraft 3 came out my freshman year. That remains the only time I academically failed classes because of games, and it was because I literally missed physics class to play in tournaments uh, across the world, uh, or on the internet, but different places of the world because of the time zones, and I was like, yeah, whatever physics, I'll make it up, no big deal. Uh, but the RTS genre had two very distinct directions that it wound up going shortly before Uh, Starcraft 2 really released. Uh, Starcraft 2 had its own set of problems, and I think the main thing is what you said, is that it was episodic. It wasn't a complete RTS game out of the box. Even when you played it and finished it, it's not saying that it was bad, but when you got to the end of it, it felt incomplete. Unlike playing Starcraft and then Starcraft Brood Wars, which felt like complete games with an expansion, uh, it felt like, okay, this is one part of a whole that I now have to wait for the other parts and spend more money to get. Uh, And that sort of killed it. MOBAs became real popular around that time as well League of Legends was starting to dominate especially in esports and there was a certain amount of clarity to that because uh, Defense of the Ancients or, or Dota like the original mod for Warcraft 3 uh, was really popular and so it just took a bunch of that stuff it took that hero building turned it in its own sort of thing and made all the army generation automatic. And some people really gravitated towards that. The other side of that spectrum is what was RTS has wound up going into battle simulators. Uh, so if you look at games like uh, Total War uh, and then the Warhammer Total War and stuff like that, that have been very, very popular since, they started taking over a larger portion of the generate an army and get it out there type thing, where it was more, here's your strategy for it. It's no longer an RTS. Um and there are online competitive stuff, and we could talk about the, the different, like, games workshops really been a champion of trying to keep that genre at least alive a little bit with some of its games, uh, games licenses, I should say. But we're starting to see RTSs come back, and they're usually from smaller
0: studios now where they're starting to enter into that genre. Yeah, and a good I, amount of Kickstarter stuff. I, I was just, when I wrote about this, I forget the game, but one of the bigger names from years ago, I want to say Homefront, but I don't know if it is.
1: Home Homeworld. Uh,
0: Homeworld, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, did a Kickstarter to fund the next game, and got people were there. Yeah, people were like, "Yeah, absolutely. Here's here's a boatload of money. Do it."
1: Yeah, but I mean, there, and there's all sorts of different genres for it too. Like Driftlands is like this magic simulation slash battle thing where you literally build floating islands and generate your army and go forth. It has a very Warcraft 3 feel with it. Uh, There's a game called Homeworld, which is very much like original Starcraft feel to it with better graphics. Uh, Company Heroes 2 is out there where that's still a game that's an RTS that takes place in World War 2. The genre is still there. It's just it's lost a lot of its market space to quicker, easier to digest games or game that take a lot of the multiplayer aspects out of it, like the
0: battle simulators. I th- or games that lean heavy on the multiplayer. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's got to be said that of all the things Blizzard has done over the years that they probably look back and say, wow, we should have done this and didn't. Letting Dota just float and letting other companies come along and pick up the concept and make you know games based on it instead of them doing it themselves until much later when mm-hmm. it was too late... Uh, that's absolutely like the fact that blizzards did not have a Dota until league of legends was already massive.
1: And then anytime they tried to announce something close to it, like it got delayed, it got delayed, it got delayed. And then eventually it became heroes of the storm, which is now doing what? Like, there's not a whole yeah. lot of new stuff for it, right? It's it's sort yeah, they, of in legacy on, mode, They're right? on a
0: skeleton crew, yeah, yeah. Not quite. They do they do put new stuff out from time to time, but it's, it's there's, like, much less people. And again, I think that's partially because Mike, Mike Morheim left. I would agree. Then you just... There's a different focus. The people who are there now are focusing on different things. And that's what happens. I mean, you can't really complain about it. But, so I guess the answer to your question about whether or not it's Activision is yes, but not directly. I don't think Activision comes to Blizzard and says... You know okay scrap starcraft uh i think it's much more in line of they're like look what are you focusing on what's what's return on investment because activision is a big company and the only thing they are never going to mess around with is their investors yeah then when you are a company this big that's just what happens um blizzard will always be in that position as long as they are a part of activision and they are going to be a part of activision that you Any scenario you're coming up with where Blizzard is not part of Activision, you can stop. Yeah. Because Activision is not stupid. Blizzard makes a ton of money for them. Like, they're they're a big deal.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, I think just to loop back and just kind of, like, put a, I guess, put a pin in it so we can move on a little bit is just... RTS is not a dead genre. We have no idea. Absolutely. We have no idea what, if anything, Activision has to do with it uh, versus literally Mike Morheim being the last vocal voice for those types of games inside of the company in a a market space that shifted.
0: Yeah. And you can absolutely see the fact that the people from Frost Giant all left Blizzard to go do their own thing. That shows you that the other people that might have championed it decided to not do it. Mm -hmm. They decided to go do it somewhere else. So, and I'm, I'm super excited for frost giant. I want to see what they come up with. Me too. I think if anybody can, can make a big RTS that revitalizes the genre, it's these people. Um, they, they, they are, it's, it's an exciting thing, but ultimately I don't think it's a case of, there's nothing sinister here. It's just the way business works.
1: Yeah. And they're going to follow the mo- you any business is going to follow the money. If MOBAs are the hot thing, they're going to follow MOBAs. If it, it, we could, again, talk about that for a whole hour on its own, but uh, that's, I think that's good enough for now. Our next question comes from Tetsemi. Uh, if you had complete freedom to remake Blizzard as a game company with one caveat, you have to remove one genre and the game associated with it from the development support, but you can then add a different genre and development support. What genre would you remove, and what would you add, and what game would you have them develop? Uh, i'd say go for it man because this is a weird one for me
0: well i mean they've Blizzard's kind of made it easy for me because at the moment they don't have any rts games (laughs) so i would remove rts games uh, and i would make a 4x game and i would make that game be a starcraft game okay that would be the revitalization i would do is because i've thought for years now that starcraft was moving away from rts and they kept trying to make another different starcraft game you notice that they kept having, like, oh, we'll do StarCraft Ghost, or oh, we'll do StarCraft Ares, and they, they keep having these, like, they were going to make a StarCraft game using the the um, Overwatch engine. What was that even going to be? I have no idea, but they, they canceled that to work on Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. Um, so I'm thinking, StarCraft has been trying to move away from RTS for a long time. I'm not necessarily saying that's the right call, but... Since they've done it anyway, so to speak, they've, they've stopped working on RTSs for the foreseeable future. That would be the genre I would remove because that way I don't have to say something like get rid of Hearthstone. Uh, Hearthstone does pretty well for them. Uh, Heroes of the Storm, which is a MOBA, that's another genre they might consider getting rid of. If you're going to get rid of something, you might as well get rid of the game you barely work on. Uh, but I'm going to go with the one that they've absolutely stopped working on <laughs> you know, because I am giving myself an easy question.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally fair. Um, I mean, I don't want them to get rid of any of the, the genres that they, they work on. If anything, I, I mean, I'm going to reject part of the question cause I don't like the idea of removing stuff that they have. Cause I think everything that they have is perfectly viable given the right resources and marketing. Uh, I think that heroes of the storm could have been a true honest to, to goodness competitor for league of legends and other MOBAs, uh, you know, if they had given the time and push behind it, that it clearly could have like it would have sopped that up. Like,
0: here's the thing, though. I will say this. I don't disagree with you. But I think if you look at the companies behind this, uh, Riot is owned wholly by Tencent. Yeah, they are. And Tencent throws money at things. They do. And for, for a long time league of legends was riots basically it's everything yeah and like it, they, it also lost out... a ton
1: of money on it because they were they're spending so much money trying to get it off the ground at the beginning which is why all yeah. stuff.
0: so they weren't going to like it it's it's a different situation riot can can pump that kind of money into league whereas blizzard wasn't going to do that with heroes heroes was a side thing it was a fun thing to develop but it wasn't going to get that kind of focus and then riot riot has now come out with like valorant and other stuff um so they're obviously doing other stuff now and i think that's interesting um but we'll see the ultimate effect like i i mean i haven't even played the runeterra card game i have no idea what it's like you know so now here's a good time for you to talk then
1: it's so i mean even though we are the blizzard watch podcast i will talk about that a little bit it plays a lot like a combination of gwent and hearthstone uh you basically are leveling up and and kind of deck building but you have sort of like a set thing it's it's really hard to to describe your your it's like this very interesting hybrid between several different types of card games um and yeah that's great for them and that's different but if going back to the the root question if blizzard if if i were to remove anything uh and maybe it would be the moba maybe it would be rts's but if one of those had to go and i the one thing I would say I'd go back to is I would say maybe it's time to start looking at third-person shooters again, not the the battle ones, not just Overwatch, but different genres and start looking at maybe something like... Um, So you remember, we were talking about StarCraft, and way back in time, they were talking about Project Ghost, and it was right along the time when all the Tom Clancy games were super, super hot, Uh, Splinter Cell was like super popular, and Blizzard was working on their own thing with Nova. I loved the idea of it. I loved the idea of having a hero adventure game, third-person set in the StarCraft universe, and I've always wanted to go back to that. And right now, we don't have third-person shooters. We have first-person shooter competitive gameplay and even when uh overwatch 2 comes out it's going to be you know it's going to have story stuff it's going to have cooperative gameplay but at its core it's still a first person shooter it doesn't have the same elements of puzzles and platforms and adventuring and things like that i would love to see them take the IP of StarCraft and do that with it. I would love to see that idea be born. I think even now it would do well. Um, I would love to see a single player Blizzard game, which we haven't had in a long time. It's It's been a while, folks. So that's what I would do. So anything else you want to add to that?
0: Death and Return of Superman, you know, remastered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but it actually is not a terrible game. Um, it's weird. It's real weird because it's it's the death and return of Superman storyline from the comics in video game form. it's bizarre and it's like a it's a side-scrolling beat' up so it's really strange yeah uh, but but you know that's that's my joke. Um, I have a lot of things I'd like to see Blizzard do and I honestly don't think like when I say stop get rid of RTS I don't mean forever. Uh, quite frankly, I think it would be it's sad shi- if there was never another. It's shifting
1: focus, right? It's not. You're, yeah, that's what you're talking for about. for
0: right now, for right now, I would like to see StarCraft get a different genre because it feels like they've been trying to do that forever. Be it first-person or third-person shooters, be it uh, a 4X game, be it an actual single-player RPG, a la you know, Dragon Age: Inquisition slash Skyrim slash uh, Kings of, Kingdoms of Amalur of Reck- Reckoning because they just you know that just got picked up and he's getting a remaster. There's a lot of possibilities, and I've Blizzard's never done a single-player RPG, guys.
1: No, they haven't. I'd love to see them do that with this, especially with the story, uh, the story capability, the writing teams they have now. Like this is this is just begging for them to go to town like that.
0: And I mean, don't don't say Diablo to me, guys, because Diablo is an action game, and it's also. I I love I love Diablo, but it's not a story game. It's not the kind of game where your character gets to make a choice. Uh, you know, at any point, you know, you just, you play it and stuff happened and that's fine. I love Diablo. It's great. And I'd love if they were going to do a a game like that with Diablo, I would be there for it, but they're never going to change that formula that much because they, they know what works, but I'd love to see them take Starcraft and give it a shot because Starcraft really has not been getting the focus it deserves. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. It needs love. It needs love. Our next question comes from Roxy. Uh, greetings, watchers. It is I, Roxy, Goblin Shaman of Hygel US and The Q. Having just read the free prologue to Exploring Azeroth, Blizzard released Monday, are we just pretending rogues didn't murder everyone in Duskwood? Question mark? I mean, yes.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't murder everyone in Duskwood because Duskwood is, I, I mean, I'm not entirely sure what we're talking about here. Rogues didn't murder everyone in Duskwood, did they? I mean, am I am I mistaken? I, th- I thought
1: they. I thought there was something. It's been a while since I've gone through Duskwood. I will one hundred percent freely admit that. So I
0: so, like. I don't. I'm gonna be upfront with you, Roxy. I haven't read it, but because in the and you know, lots, lots been going on.
1: But in the Rogue Legion campaign, I guess uh, from the, what Flan's telling us, uh, there was a thing where they just basically went into where they were trying to get the King's Bane. And they just murdered. A whole oh bunch. right, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Because like one of the people who was like the quest giver was turned out to, one of the old quest givers from like forever ago turned out to be like working for an evil cult or something. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess they are just kind of pretending they didn't happen. Uh, you got me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much more to to add to that than kind of sorta yes. Uh, who knows? Could have been a fever dream. Maybe we just all drank the wrong cup. Or something, who knows? Or, you
0: know, whatever. I mean, they, they killed a bunch of people, but, you know, they covered it up. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. sorry. There's a, there's a rogue pretending to be the people. There's rogues hanging out in Duskwood pretending to be the people that they killed. I mean, oh, yeah, it's me. You clearly, remember me.
1: Clearly, it was the Nathrezem. Let's just call it what it like it was. It, it, was all, it was all the Nathrezem, 100%, from the start to finish. <laughs> Uh, all right. Our next one comes from Tetsemi again. Uh, I have been leveling an enhancement shaman from 10 to 45 and just got the crashing storm talent. It added so much flavor and damage to the spec that it felt like a new build PS blizzard. More of this, please. It really feels like they nailed the enhancement shaman look and feel, but then I look at my elemental shaman and I feel like the poor echo of what it could be. What would you do for an elemental shaman to make it as feel as good as Enhancement Shaman does. It is just a cosmetic animation visuals that are lacking or something
0: else. Welcome to getting to go, Joe, because I got nothing. (laughs)
1: Um, First of all, I'm going to say that they've already done a lot to make Elemental a whole lot closer to what I would have envisioned an Elemental Shaman to be. Um, And I'm not even looking at chat, but I can already guarantee that if I look there, I'm going to see Padilla say probably something in agreement with me. So, fist bump. Um, But Honestly, the only thing that I would do is maybe take a look at some of the current spells and maybe see if there's a visual flair that could be added to it. One of the things that I think lacks, uh, at least visually stunningly, is Lightning Bolt. It is your staple spell. Everything else we have looks so, so bloody cool. Uh, you know, you're throwing fireballs, you're throwing this conglomeration of elemental force, you're ha- you're summoning shards of earth to hurl at your opponents, you're summoning a frozen icicle of death to fling at somebody. Like, it all looks cool, and it all feels to me like what an elemental shaman should be looking like, like that you are essentially a combat mage uh, with all of the elements at your disposal. Um, it... it I would. I do think that lightning bolt looks different and better as enhancement. Yes, I did see that video. Um, but I think for elemental, look at something else. Maybe instead of shooting the lightning from your hands, you're calling it down from the sky. Maybe it's a lightning strike instead. Uh, maybe chain you
0: know, lightning. Uh, here's the thing. I'm going to interrupt you for a sec. You know who's got a really good lightning bolt? Hmm. Monks.
1: Yeah, they do. The jade, jade lightning. lightning
0: is really cool and interesting and distinct.
1: Yeah, the jade lightning looks. Absolutely fantastic. It looks very distinct. But I think that would go a long way. Like if you were to take a look at shaman and that's the one thing you wanted to like really tweak on an elemental shaman to really give it that sort of distinct wow factor, especially early on. That's the one spell I think you give a visual pass. And I think once you give it that visual pass, because again, it's one of the first things you start flinging in this game as an elemental shaman. I think it changes your perception of the class. I think it makes you feel more powerful. I think it makes you feel more combat mage oriented. I think that's the ticket. Sorry. Anything. Do you have anything you no. want to add on that one?
0: No, that's cool. Um, whew, trying to think here. Uh, uh yeah, I'm, I'm not really down on elemental. Sorry guys. Uh, if you'd asked about different classes, maybe, but uh, elemental shaman, I'm really—I've really never played. Even when I played my shaman pretty extensively, it was always enhancement or resto. Uh, elemental was just never something i play. So, yeah, I'm just gonna have to say, yeah, like, go look at Jade Lightning and see if you can get some ideas from that because it looks really cool. Um, that's that's a that's a really well realized spell effect. Lightning, the the way lightning works, in, wow, the elemental shaman lightning has always looked kind of like that's it. Yeah, it's that's a zap. What we're doing? It's a little zap. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't really, it would be, I I like your idea of basically taking the idea of flame strike from D and D and turning it into a lightning strike or or call lightning. That's not a bad idea. Another possibility would be, uh, instead of it coming out of you, like with chain lightning, you could have, instead of it coming out of you, you pick a target and then it's, it starts on them and then jumps like it's, it's a burst from them and then jumps around and you don't, it doesn't look like you do anything. It doesn't come from you. That might be one possibility. I don't know.
1: I think I, that would I'm be. Not, th- I'm not an
0: elemental shaman, guys. Sorry.
1: I think that would be cool too. But I, I think, I think that for me, that's it because I don't like. I've never really liked the idea of. Oh, I like throw my hands out and like lightning comes out of it. I understand that it's the whole Palpatine thing, uh, to a certain extent, but it. I don't know, like the other stuff when I'm summoning ice and summoning rock and summoning fire, I'm calling it forth and shaping it outside of my hand before throwing it. And I always thought that looked really, really cool. Or there's this one casting animation, uh, where like you basically take one hand and like it's, it's doing its thing and it's over off to your side and there's another one that's off to the side and then you launch it forward as you summon all this elemental power, uh, and it looks like you're you're making it manifest. It looks really wicked cool. But, yeah. So, I don't know. I think just a slight visual pass, and I think that'd be good. Uh, okay. Our... Our next one comes from our friend Bruce question specifically for blizzard watch or the queue. Uh, unless one of you can tease out lore implications. I mean, we always could, but in which case I'll buy some gift subs or something. (laughs) Do you have any advice on achievement tracking add-ons and other ways of sorting out achievements, uh, in progress scattered across too many alts? Do you, do you care about achievements? I don't remember.
0: Honestly, I don't except when they, they're required. Um, One of the problems I've actually been having was I was trying to do the uh, tricks and treats of the Eastern kingdoms thing. I'm on this paladin that I'm playing on the stream and I had no idea what she'd done. So I had to go into the pain and then you have to like, I didn't know what the achievements were to track them. I had to like go to uh, an offline site and look up what the achievements were to track them. So I don't use an add on, but I I'm very interested in any thoughts you have on this because quite frankly, when you're forced to do an achievement for something and we're forced to do achievements in, in wow, for a fair amount of stuff. Like if you want to get flying in the battle for Azeroth content and quite frankly, if you want to get flying in the battle for Azeroth content at this point and you haven't already started it, I'd almost say don't bother because we're here for another like 20 days. Yeah. So, so yeah, don't, don't waste your time. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there's, there are add-ons that track achievements. It is difficult Like, I don't remember any. There was one that you used to have to, you'd have to log on all your characters to get their achievements tracked by it. So you'd have to have it there installed. You'd have to have it active on all your different characters and you'd have to log them all on. I don't know if that one's still out there. Uh, Quite frankly, I don't remember the name. So if you've Uh, got anything, go for it. I
1: do. Uh, That actually used to be my go-to add-on, which until recently was still the one I used, which was Overachiever. Uh, Overachiever was probably one of the best, I think, add-ons for that it's still out there I haven't used it in a while because I stopped I got all the ones that I really really cared about so I stopped really tracking a lot of them but it used to be where you did, you logged into all of your characters to get your achievements tracked, populate, but then you could actually track across multiple, uh, characters through that, through the achievement pane. Like it didn't add a different pane or anything. It just modified the achievement pane. Uh, and you could search and filter by a bunch of different factors. Uh, you could take out things that you had already, uh, you know, gone through or learned or whatever, or thing, and you can kind of understand exactly where you are with certain ones and when you moused over it it would tell you you know you have all these things completed and it would tell you across all of your characters as long as you had logged into them at least once um i will say that the basic ui for blizzard has gotten a lot better over the years even for achievements in general so at a quick look searching for achievements is a lot easier than it used to be my only complaint with it is how they categorize things sometimes feels a little bit weird and maybe blizzard if you're listening you get a chance and you do any more ui overhauls, maybe take a look at how things are categorized with with that be nice if it was maybe just a little more intuitive uh but if you're looking for an add-on to do that i again until like very recently was using overachiever all right anything else for that one
0: no it would be helpful if i could find my push to talk <laughs> button i've been muting myself because i didn't <laughs> want to keep coughing and having everybody on the stream hear it so i've been muting myself and then i forgot did i mute myself did i not mute myself that's why i was silent there sorry guys
1: yeah, no worries um our next one comes from Halog, uh or l i can't elm sorry That weird thing with N's and R's next to each other. Uh, Greetings, watchers. Been listening for a couple of years now and thought I'd ask my first question. This one's for Blizzard Watch. With Blizzard seemingly having the ability to excel in games, genres on first attempt, Warcraft, WoW, Overwatch, Starcraft, etc., what genre would you like to see them go into? I personally would love to see a Dark Souls-type game or maybe even FPS from them, uh, but would love to hear from you. Keep up the great work. We kind of
0: talked about this already a little bit. We did. Um, but, you know, hey, it's it's we've got some time. Uh, like I already said that I'd love to see them do a, a single-player RPG. That would be something I'd really like to see them try. And, uh, I've been playing um, these games for a long time. The various games that I play, I've been playing them for a long time. I, this wouldn't technically be a first time for them, but it would be a long time since they did it. Uh, my wife has been playing a literal ton, an absolute ton, of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Just and it has been playing oh it pretty much for, for my
1: us. goodness. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish,
0: finish. I'd like to see if Blizzard like maybe maybe keep the some RPG elements kind of look go look at Stardew Valley, which I think is the closest I don't want to say competitor cuz they're not the same kind of game, but they have a similar kind of feel to them. Basically t- go through Animal Crossing, go through Stardew Valley and Essentially, imagine a game where you played like Stardew Valley in WoW and Animal Crossing in WoW, or you had like a maybe it would be a mobile game where you would do all the stuff that you do on the Switch when you're playing Animal Crossing or when you're playing Stardew Valley, and that stuff translates back over into WoW in some fashion. I I don't know how that would work, but that's something I've been thinking about a lot is the games like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, games that are like kind of like. I don't want to say farm sims or, you know, I don't even know what you'd call Animal Crossing. I don't know what kind of game you would say it is. Uh, it, it feels like a sim game. I think it's like a life sim. Yeah. So, yeah, something like that. That's that's be what I'd like to see. Them. That's my first statement. I'm going to let Joe talk for a while. And then when he comes back to me, if I have another idea, I'll bring it. Up.
1: All right. Uh, so I have two very distinct ideas for this. And one was just spawned by, by Rossi and his thing. I'm going to go and throw that out, this out here a player housing game. And listen, we've been talking about it in WoW, and and we've talked about it a thousand times before, where it's like, you... Attaching that system to the current structure of WoW is probably not going to work because it was never intended from the very beginning. But then you look at players who loved Wildstar, and for them, the end game started at level 14 when you could get player housing. I'm looking at you, raids. I can see you and your your Rainier Road. Um, or you look at Final Fantasy 14 with the player housing and what people are doing with it. I think you take the idea of Animal Crossing, and I think you do a, a almost like uh. I think it was called Rune Factory back in like the Wii and uh, like Wii U days. It's been a very long time since I've, I've played these games, but that was basically it, it was like Stardew Valley with less farming uh, and more like adventure questing but you basically did all that stuff to get things for your home and built, like, an epic house, uh, an epic settlement for you to live in and enjoy. Uh, I would love to see maybe take that concept that players keep asking for and make it its own thing. And maybe it is, it's WoW-themed. Maybe it imports your character through the API where, like, it takes a look at, like, what you are, your race and class, and what you're wearing to a certain extent. Uh, maybe it ties in with the achievements, because here's the weird thing, from the technology backend standpoint, we know that they have an API uh, that exists that feeds that information to apps that for mobile apps and things like that, for Armory and things like that. They could totally take that information and just have a system that, like, pulls on that passively to have things you do and WoW affect this other game. And you get to make your stuff, you get to send your your people on quests like you know uh you do with the uh mission tables and stuff like that but you just make it more involved you make it its own standalone game and you just let it go i think that would be super cool i think that that would be something that i think people would enjoy i i don't like animal crossing personally I don't take anything away from people that do, but if they did something like that with WoW, like WoW theme where like stuff I did in-game would possibly, you know, maybe it feeds off of achievements, maybe it feeds off of loot drops or something like that, and then I can do other things in that game, I'd be all about that. I'd be really cool with that. I think that'd be really, really, you know, great. And if that's one of those IPs that you're working on over there, Blizzard, uh, I'll take my 10%, thanks. Um, but I'd be cool with that. The other one... And I say this every single time, and I know for a fact Corey is going to be on this train as well, I'd love to see Blizzard's hand at a true roguelike game. I love roguelikes. I think they are one of the the few infinitely replayable video game genres that exist. And simple concepts can be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. Uh, Binding of Isaac is a game that I've put, I think I literally had... 1200 something hours in the original and another 500 in the the most recent one that was released Uh, so like I put a lot of time into that because it's different every single time it's different combinations different effects they're starting to play along with around with that idea a little bit with Torghast but I'd love to see what Blizzard could do if they devoted a ton of production time a ton of resources to making an honest to god roguelike and I almost don't care what the genre is I just want to see what they would do with that. I think it would be really cool. And think of an infinitely replayable game made by them in that regard, with any of their sort of uh, polish with anything like that. Like I've been playing a ton of Hades recently from Supergiant Games. It is a roguelike. It's a roguelike action RPG. It's a fantastic game. The writing's clever. Voice acting's clever. Imagine Blizzard doing something along that line with their IPs, with the voice acting talent that they can pull, with the writing talent that they have, they could do anything. That would just, it would be amazing. I think it would be super cool. Like, I'm getting really excited just thinking about this. (laughs) Sorry.
0: No, it's fine. I'm not upset with you having an idea. (laughs) Uh, My last idea is going to be this. Imagine if Blizzard sat down and took all their ability to build worlds and to, to create art and propagate all that stuff and made a virtual tabletop with it. Oh, yeah. And then made a role-playing game that you could run in this virtual tabletop. They gave you all the tools. Basically, if you remember Neverwinter Nights, I want you, Blizzard, I want you to go and and make Neverwinter Nights. (laughs) And put in all the tools to let people design their own modules and run their own video games. That that would be what I would want. If if we're if we're dreaming, if if I got a I got a magic genie and I've you know this would be like wish three. The first two wishes much more selfish. Uh, but wish three, yeah, lizard makes a virtual tabletop. So and so you could go in and you could run any game you wanted in it as well. And they'd have their own role playing game, and that would be one of the games that you could run on it. But you could run D and D on it. You could run Pathfinder on it. You could run whatever. That would be something I'd like to see them do. Because I've there's one I've seen work people working on. Uh, and it's being, it's crowdfunded. I can't remember the name of it right now, unfortunately. But it's like, it's crazy realistic. It's like, it's not like Roll20 where you just go and you move little tokens on a map. It's like the the entire environment. It's like, if you've ever seen them, like people play with minis and they've got like all the, the Dwarven Forge sets that they put the minis on and they they do it that way. Imagine being able to do that completely in your computer. That's this kind of stuff people are doing right now and I think Blizzard would be amazing at it.
1: I think they could be too. Another, uh, there's there's a bunch of genres we can go with that I think they'd excel at. I mean, we talked earlier about single player story driven RPGs. Uh, I still would love to see them do something with with that. Like, imagine a Knights of the Old Republic, but done with Blizzard's care. Like, I think that would be really really cool. Um, I'll throw this one out there just because I think it's. I, I don't want to say it's funny, but I have enjoyed some of these in the past, and I know a lot of people do. Dating simulators. Those are a thing. Uh, Those are a thing.
0: We already said we wanted to do a single player RPG, man.
1: (laughs) But visual novel dating sims. I think I mean, that could be also pretty cool and pretty fun. I've seen some really interesting ones. I've played some very strange ones, but like they're a lot more in depth than I think people sometimes realize unless they actually play those games. Uh, I could totally see Blizzard knocking one of those out of the park. I, I think it boils down to like Blizzard is the type of company that if they really wanted to, if they really absolutely uh, wanted to invest in a new genre, they could knock it out of the park, whatever it is. It would just be, they would have to make that decision. So, yeah. What do you, uh, any other thoughts? Or,
0: cause I think that's our I mean, last question. Always, always more thoughts, but I think, yeah, we're done unless we're going to do this show for another half an hour uh we might as well you know call it now so yeah um if you, again guys if you have a question for the show uh please send it to uh podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of blizzard watch or go to our discord and use either our Patreon q and podcast questions channel or our q questions channel and uh i just want to say again just just a little thing if you're if you're stressed right now if the world is like really scary and you don't know what's going to happen and you're like just you're waiting for some kind of resolution you're not the only one at least that much no we're we're all kind of in the same boat (sighs) just Take care of each other. Do the best you can. This has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, Joe, you got anything else to say before we leave?
1: Yeah, but it's got to do our general outro, which I didn't do yet, so. (laughs) Go ahead and do it. Uh, But Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site
0: experience. All right. And so... With that, uh, we'll say goodbye. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Uh, Appreciate it. And we'll be here next week.